G'day everyone and welcome back to the Voice of a Veteran podcast. I'm Heston Russell and on this episode I'm speaking with fellow Kamano and co-host Scotty Evanett. I've known Scotty for a while but only recently have we started to sit down and actually have some of the personal conversations that you are about to hear. Some of these conversations are confronting and challenging to have guys. However, when you know the purpose is to help others learn from their successes and failures, it's much easier to be authentic and vulnerable. So tune in as we peel back the physical, mental and emotional layers that are the tattooed onion of Scotty Evident. You can also head to the Voice of a Veteran YouTube account to watch the video of this particular podcast. The link should be posted below. So I'm here today with Scotty Evanet. Scotty, tell us a bit about yourself, mate. All right. So I have been um, an athlete essentially all my life. I have a very sporty family. Um, So my life was made up of confidence really because I was pushed into everything or at least there was no handbrakes on life, right? So I was doing motocross racing. I was doing nippers. I was doing little athletics. I was a um, competitive uh, gymnast up until I had a decision to go AIS or pick soccer and then soccer was rep rep football state football junior sort of national football and then over to England and Wales as a professional over there um, before I decided to join the military so I went straight in SFDRS uh, gotcha. yeah so when in, we had a full platoon <laughs> one of those we had a full platoon of SFDRS guys what um, year was this 2006 okay cool um, and then, mate, failed my first selection. Oh, really? Yeah, failed my first selection. Tore my thigh. You know what? I would have failed you on your first selection with a uh, with a, a resume like that. <laughs> so that's I was um, I believe I was five or six. So SFDRS five or six. Okay. Um, which they were looking for sports former sports athletes. That was the demographic they were going for. So that's why I actually got. An in because you have to be 19 to be a commando yeah and i t- didn't turn 19 until commando selection oh, so go. i actually joined went through kapuka went through all that sort of stuff and on commando selection i had my birthday geez you're a little baby i was i would have been like i don't know how you, you couldn't be any younger than that so it would have been the youngest commando but in the end and the uh, shortest oh definitely the <laughs> shortest which you know you know the heat that yeah, I, I, know. Drew I could imagine would have been on that so yes shortest youngest whatever is like you know <laughs> Those, those, those burly um, sergeants walking around were like, you're not getting in my unit, son. Oh, you know what I mean? It, like they, they weren't letting me in. But anyway, yeah, tore my thigh on the 20 clicker. Yeah, right. Um, was fit as because I came straight from soccer. Yep. I could finish a beep test. I actually yeah, gotcha. finished it. Yep. Um, and no issues there. But then had to watch my peers that I'd came through Kapuka and training with from the other side of the fence. I went over to three RR. Oh, yeah. When it was oh, four RR, so three and four. Yeah. At the same place at Holsworthy there. And, um, How was that? I was watching all my all my comrades do all the best shit, and I was there at three RR, which I absolutely loved, by the way. Nothing against three RR. I absolutely loved the paratrooper unit. Spent three years there. Yeah, gotcha. Um, did a reconnaissance um, course over there. Did a tour to East Timor. Oh, boom. Loved it. Oh, and, got it. And really... It was exactly what I needed. Oh, okay, cool. It was what I needed. I, I got myself to that position where then I was confident in going back. I'd taste-tested selection and the process. Especially as a 19-year-old, mate. Yeah. I mean, that's a big ask. Oh, well, dude, I did eight years service, four tours, and I still got out with all of that time because yeah. I got in so young. Yeah, good I was job. able to, and it was the fast and hard 2008 onwards. Yeah, right. It was rotation, 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 and then spat out 2013 after that. You just go... That was high speed my entire career, and then I got out with going. Well, I'm still, 
super young. I've got the world to go. Yeah. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Okay, before you go on to your post-service life, why did you want to join the commandos? Why did you want to join Special Forces? Um, when my soccer career, even at 17 years of age, was coming to an end, I made that decision myself due to growing up in Terrigal, Central Coast, beautiful surfer boy type situation, and then living over in England and Wales, winters and all this sort of stuff. Wanting to play the soccer career, but just didn't enjoy living in the country at that age as well and everything. So got to a decision point where I'm like, what can I do now? I've, I've dedicated my life to a sport. Yeah. I want to do sports. I'm an athlete. But if I start at this age here, I'm behind the eight ball of most people that would be at a, at a certain level. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm like, what can I do? Anyway, I've always done shooting and you know farm life and bikes and things growing up with my old man and stuff. So naturally, and then you see like, movies of tears of the sun and you know you know whatever navy seals doing their thing on on, on cinemas and yeah. you go they're only human if i can do it i you know if yeah, they can do it i can do it so that was it i saw i, I think i was I, I, it was tears of the sun and that's why i said it over there and it was just a decision point watching that movie going that's me man like i can jump out of a plane i can put on some campaign let's just rock and roll but not only that i can be physical i can train and be paid to train and yeah. that whole connection of like well, how am i getting paid what's my job going to be yeah. all this sort of stuff i'm like a career in the military special forces sounds sick i'm doing it absolutely yeah. and how much of that did you really think was going to be like a physical requirement getting in i didn't um i wasn't stressed about the physical requirement yeah. i knew that it was pretty much you know I can't say 50-50, you know, I knew there was a lot of physical requirements and I was ready for it. Yeah, gotcha. I was ready for it, but I was hoping that it was going to be. Yeah, gotcha. Like I was really hoping that we would train and be pushed every single day on the way through, not just to special forces, but just in daily routine. Yeah, gotcha. The life of the soldier. So I was really hoping it was physical. Uh, you pretty much got the perfect background there, coming from essentially the, the Australian militia in waiting <laughs> through to like a high-performing sports career. Uh, I, I say that before, if you, the last two years, or the last 18 months of my career, I ran the selection course in the Rio, and I, like I would have said, if I had you come across my desk on paper, I probably would have failed you the first time, because you just seem to have a very high-performing life up to that point. Was there that aspiration to achieve and maintain that level of high performance, or as a motivation, or was it proven to yourself? I'm trying to really establish what that true purpose was behind you applying back in those days. It was, you know, again, and we've talked about this before about me being version six since being out of the military that started way back when so you know my old man is like an engineer right he can build anything he's built his last three, three or four houses there's nothing he can't do and that's what i grew up around okay i wanted a surfboard or whatever dad made surfboards you know what i mean i wanted a skateboard or whatever he made me a skateboard like he nice. you know my sister w w needed a car we got a bug stripped it made it you know what i mean like he was like i will make anything or i need anything. a penthouse apartment right? <laughs> yeah right, I need that, right? but yeah. my point is is that yeah. like as a shadow of him it was just like there was no like you can't have it, you can't do it, you can't whatever. It's like, figure it out, get it done. Yeah, good. And then you add the sports layer into that, which I tried and tested all of these sports and did well, high performing in all of these sports. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There was no barrier or no, there was no real co lack of confidence in, and not cockiness, just confidence in trying and, and getting that done. Do you that's know good. what I mean? So no, that's, a, that's actually really interesting, you know, different mindset between, as opposed to being privileged, you know, and just starting to expect and wear those achievements as, as entitlement. It was actually more of a responsibility for you that, hey, like if I want to do it, then I have to find a way to get it done. Sure. Uh, it's a really interesting point to note because I'm, I'm going to fast forward and there's a lot that's missing in between. But when you got out of the military, I mean, you've always been a high performer, as we've said, and it's very interesting in just picking apart that your high performance has come from a mentality of responsibility. 
a lot of the guys then saw you get out of the unit and perceivably wear that commando label as a sense of entitlement, you know, and the way in which that manifested was, you know, you actually used the title commando in the things that you were doing post-service. Yep. Whereas for those who've never seen this before, when, you, when you're in, and I was, at, I was at the unit 2010 until 2019, so we had an overlap period and just by the way that the place was set up, you know, different companies doing different jobs, you were in Bravo most of the time, yeah, I was in uh, Alpha for the majority of my time and while you guys were overseas, we were doing uh, Asia Pacific stuff and you never really missed, I just saw you driving out of the car lot in that Lotus or whatever it was. That's where, uh, that's where it <laughs> yeah. started, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. but um, no, when you left and you started using that commando label, like no one else who'd left had actually done anything with themselves that picked up social attention, yep. you know? What, the name changed to Two Commando in 2009, just before I got there, I think? Yep. So um, you were really, you know, the start of the first part of the generation, arguably potentially ahead of your time. And the perception of the unit, you know, if we don't know it, you're a bit cautious about it, slash you just attack it. And um, no one else who had walked that beforehand had able to achieve the inroads that you had. And I mean, you're fit, you're likable, you know, like the younger generation is gonna aspire to you. You know, guys are gonna aspire to you, girls are gonna wanna, DM you and shit like that. Um, people just didn't get that because we never got that attention in the unit. So you were one of the first to get that. Uh, and straight away, I remember myself, I even bought into that. You know, we saw this guy, you know, doing well and we thought it was just him abusing the name and abusing what was uh, the insignia of the unit. But it was actually just you being you and being one Mate, of the best love, role models I'd, for the unit. I'd love to unpack it because yeah. even now, that particular business, you could do that now and it would be successful. And I know I know why I can say that is because it was modelled off an already successful one in America, yeah. right? Seal fit, commando tough, yeah. right? Now, our, one of our traits there was, um, you know, toughness, not fitness, yep. right? So they said seal fit, I went beauty, commando tough. What they did over there, Mark Devine, was establish something where the government were funding them as a training unit to train guys up to get the success rate through seals up yep. to bounce it up higher so they were spending less money but getting better quality men through then it was also offered as a position that guys could fall back from after seals rest periods or post seal time and it would be in amongst their peers doing what they do best not just helping guys that were going in the military but helping young kids helping civilians learn these things these mental toughness techniques emotional yeah. responses whatever so it was it was assisting the transition period for a veteran yeah. right and it was attached and that's exactly what i wanted to do when i got out i'm like this is killing it there's nothing here in australia we need it because when i got out there was nothing there for me to fall into even in the fitness space yeah. what if someone could put something together where guys could look at it and go, you know what, I'm going to come over, boost this business up because the, you know, the assets that I have as an individual, as a commando and the millions of dollars that they've spent on me yep. would benefit this business. So the business would crush it. And all the things that this business does was all positive. Yep. And that's what it was supposed to be. Right. But I got shot down left, right and center for associating with the name commando after being a life of, you know, in secrecy. Yep. And I get all of that. But my problem, uh, which was, you know, an error of mine, was a lack of communication to the unit or to key people within the unit to tell them what I was doing. Because as we know, those individuals, unless you are crystal clear in what you're doing, and even then I don't think it would have still, it's, I still would have had the negative effect no matter what. For sure. All right, but you know, I gave it a crack. Because you're, you're pathfinding, mate. You're, you're yeah. literally the first setting out on that mission. You know, and he's hearing the true purpose behind what you wanted to do and obviously seeing it as a perfect matchup to your skill sets experience and also your, your desire to make a difference. 
makes sense. But I guess all that we ever saw, mate, was, you know, you with that you know, commando tough face, you know, that uh, essentially that sort of commando, st commando Steve Steele, that, uh, um, you know, perceived arrogance. But like you said, a, a correction you could have made was to be more proactive in communications. Did people ask you or did they just accuse you? There were um, droops and drabs, individuals where, because I'm always accepting of, of, of help, yeah. you know, as much as I'm giving it, I'm like, absolutely, because I know that that benefits the individual that's helping as well. Yeah. And I would love help. I would love, like, get on here. I'm never, I've never been the sort of person... Um, and I've made errors in business by by being too open, you know, letting plenty pe people sure. in too. Yep. Anyway, individuals coming in and leaving, but leaving and then having nasties to say or this, that, and the other. Like yeah, for the, sure. The social media stuff, mate, is is me learning how to do marketing, me learning how to do sales. Well, even that, mate, but again, you can imagine in the unit, you know, we didn't have social media. You weren't allowed to have your own social media account. So the next thing you see is this guy with Commando Tough who's like acting the typical cliche, arrogant special forces operator side of the house. We don't sit there and go, hey guys, that's marketing, that's an image, that's what civvies are buying into, that's what's getting them cut through. Yeah. We sit there and we make our own decisions and our own accusations, essentially. I'm just so interested to see if you had people, because in the unit, mate, you know, it was accusations flying everywhere, it was pretty much blacklisted, all this sort of stuff. Did you have many people actually reaching out to you to question and ask those not, questions that you just explained previously? Not one, not one person ever saw me face to face. Yeah. Not one person <laughs> ever came down to the to the gym the facility or the events to check out and have a conversation or a brew with me to figure out what was going on yeah. not one person gave me a phone call or a text in a positive light to yeah. say hey what's going on whatever everything that was shot at me was pretty much stop what you're doing yeah. stop using the name or we're going to come down there i'm going to bring a group of dudes from the unit yeah. and put it down in any way right yeah. those other individuals that came in and did have a part to play in it and saw what it was doing have not spoken up and told the rest of the unit that yeah. this is out there specifically to help civilians become better people yeah. and offer these positions as you were standing in to be something close to the unit that never happened mate. yeah for sure mate, I, I only say that and i kind of know the answer to those questions because that's the funny thing you know for such a intelligence focused and fueled organization we're very easy to form our own decisions off single source reporting slash yep. second hand reporting uh, and just go immediately to accusation but that's again mate that's a, it, it you have to understand we are in the unit they're high performing dudes you know they're facilitated up to the eyeballs and given the, the remit that no one else could dream of so as soon as there's something that they don't know, you know, unless it sits well with them, it's going to be a point of friction and it's going to be something that they will probably turn to offensively as opposed to defensively. I mean, it's funny, I even sit here and I, one of the first conversations I had with you is I like had to actually apologise. I was like, mate, like I bought into that and I did not know it. And only after I walked that path, I'm like, hey, this guy is literally just trying to feel valued again. And by using the word commando, one, it provides him with credibility in the civilian world. It's actually as cliche as it is disarming to the big corporates because they don't have that perspective to challenge you on. And secondly, it reminds you of a set of values and principles and a lifetime that you actually went through that actually makes you the best version of you. You only look back as a more intelligent person who would have shifted some of the things in, in, in order in which you could have done things to make it more successful. But like I said, that business, Commando Tough, for example, there's still nothing like it in the country. Yeah. You know, and I believe that, you know, no guys 
from the unit are going to try and do it because they know the hate that was shot in my direction for it. So the civilians in Australia are missing out on these key events and key lessons and, yep. you know, um, anyway. You're right, just the, the way, the, the, sort of that purpose to training, like you said, it's yep. about toughness or these days we call it resilience as opposed to fitness. And this is the biggest thing I've learned myself over the last couple of years doing the whole Barry's boot camp thing and how important physical fitness was to me to provide me with a context or at least a connection to the lifetime I used to have and you know that's relevance in staying happy healthy and motivated but now being able to bring those skill sets together whereby you actually know and we were physically fit in order to achieve not only what we needed to achieve but whatever we might be needed to achieve on top of that and actually building in that bedrock that then enabled all other capability to flow through. Absolutely, and achieve it for another five guys in your team. 100%, that purpose outside of self. And that's the part that's missing. You know, we speak about communication, education. You know, I'd love to work with you some more on putting together exactly what, you know, the modern generation needs, and that's physicality for a purpose. And I'd also like to tell the guys, you know, and I have been sharing that for any of them that I have, you know, touched base with, is that that ability to teach and to coach and to share sorts you out. Yeah. Chemically, it really does help to be in a position where you just do you and help these people in front of you and it totally fixes it. You could be having a shitty day yep. and then bring in and after that you're like, I'm back, man. Mate, I'm it. on fire. Like, I've just helped this many people and it feels great to do so. Purpose outside of self. We've oh. spoken previously about those those layers of resilience. I mean, I had it. Whenever there wasn't a mission, there was the men, the team that I had to focus on. Yeah. And the biggest times I've struggled is when I've literally had no one to lead but myself because I'm not responsible to anything else. Being responsible to others pulls you out of whatever pains you're going through. Yep. It pulls you out of feeling devalued because others actually need you and rely upon what you're doing. Yeah, mate, you mentioned um, doing a few of these projects coming up. I'm going to call them projects, not to give it away. Yep. Um, and that excites me. And yeah, it excites my partner, Jana, because we've both been in a position to help people face to face and nothing gives you more of a high and a high when you need it, man. If you've been to the low and you're lacking in purpose and you, you feel what that does to you and then you all of a sudden have a purpose again in that position. So I can't wait for yeah. these next projects to sort of for fire sure. up because I believe that it's needed. Talk to me about mental health and what that means to you. Well, I mean, the effect it has on others, that's, you know, straight away my mind goes others rather than self. Yeah. That's just who I am and that's what hurts the most is when you know that you're affecting someone in your space you know and that's I guess what keeps you if you've ever been in that to position where you think you know thinking about suicide from a selfless position to then help people understand and not do it again yep. is that it's the family it's yours was your dog yeah right <laughs> and then it's your sister and your parents and th these are the thoughts that keep you from not doing it yeah for sure right and mental health for me is being in the best position to to not see an effect on them do you know yeah. what i mean yeah. um but it's a deep thing man it has many yeah. layers like without my mental health my my work yeah. has changed i've had to shift and change and recreate myself six times already because my mental health is completely bummed out i've had to sell assets before i've had to move house five times about you know like i said get rid of cars i've been to the lowest of lows where the people on the front end would still see the social media front yeah. types thing and be like killing it crushing That's it the same, mate. like no way like, you're ripped like a cheater you got more ink than 
Well, I'll, I'll ever have. <laughs> I don't actually know the context of that one. Mate, you seem to be highly successful. You've been on TV. You've got your Instagram blue tick. Are you telling me that you actually struggle with mental health? Absolutely. Every single day. Are you just doing that for the votes? Or t- t- tell me about Dude, that. Dude, I would be screaming like this. I haven't done a pod, too many podcasts where it's been what we want to talk about. I would love to do more of it. But the reason I haven't done it is because I haven't felt in a position where you know like I said you feel so low and you don't like yourself in that way yeah. you stop posting on social media you don't want to put yourself out there you don't train hard enough anymore yeah. you don't do all these things yeah. so the best version of me does this all the time yeah. does events for other people helps my partner become as successful as and I'm, I'm beaming with energy my, the yeah. best version of myself needs these things to do so yeah absolutely so how, how do you find purpose and how do you feel value these days? <laughs> I constantly work to probably annoy the crap out of Jenna talking to her in all these car rides that we have to the gym about lining all the things up. How do you, what are the most important things in your life? What are your values? Okay, now show me how that looks in, you know, visualization. Like, what are you doing? What have you got? Right, let's set up these things, this, 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 and you go all the way back to today. Yeah. This is what we're going to do now. Do you know what I mean? So... I have to constantly work on clearing up what my purpose is. Sometimes it's daily, sometimes it's weekly, but it's always coming back to that purpose that keeps me at the highest energy level that I can. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's so important, you know, we've always been taught how to do, how you do what you do is really going to define the success, not only then, but in the future. And for me, more and more I've learned, it really comes down to why you do that at the end of the day and what makes you get up and do that. And it's so easy for me to lose that personally. So I'm intrigued to hear what really motivates others intrinsically. I mean, you've obviously got a great support network around you, but you said you've been in those times where none of that mattered and you really slipped into your own pit of despair. Tell me about that. Absolutely. I've been, um, <clears throat> I've been couch bound before and, I'm, and I literally mean that, like getting up late, Jenna, go to the gym, go and train. Are you getting up? No, I'm not going to get up. I'm staying here. I'd move from the bed to the couch. I'd put some shit on, like started selling stuff. Like just, you know, and this is before I had any touch, hadn't touched base with DVA, you know, haven't touched, didn't know anything to do there and actually got to the position, mate, where I had to. Yeah. I had to. Things were disappearing out of my life. Yeah. Uh, and if I didn't act in something, I was getting to the point where I was like, going to be like homeless. So you, you actually reached out? I had to reach out. What was that like reaching out? Um, it was a very long and bouncing process because you talk to one person who shifts to the next, who shifts to the next. It was um, lots of paperwork and I guess very upsetting phone calls because it's actually the first time you're admitting to things. Yeah. So that's huge. Like so many guys and girls I speak to, you know, we're trained from day one to have service outside of self, you know, to put the mission before us, the men before us and to then act on our own essentially selfishness on yeah. asking for help is just so ingrained you against know what the it's day. like if you don't um if you don't accept it and don't put it out there it's not really a thing right yeah but it, <laughs> <laughs> it takes it takes a no, big a big a saying. big leap to it's get there right? yeah, yeah absolutely general public watching this you know we hear that there's a the veteran suicide issue 20 percent uh, higher than the community rate is the current veteran suicide rate which for me is baffling the fact that we're above it let alone at the rate we should be well below it just you know the amount of training exposure we have but we'll get to that so i'm here watching this and you're another veteran who's telling me that they've had mental health issues had suicidal ideations are you broken are you a broken person i'd have to, no <laughs> no no effing way like, are you a victim no yeah what do you mean <laughs> 
<laughs> so this is the thing, mate. This is the thing. You know, too much of the media, and even talking to people about my own story, they're like, oh, you know, Solemn, and this is like, I'm effing good to go. I had one lapse that made me want to take my own life. Okay, and there is a systemic issue behind it that has degraded me to the levels of anxiety and depression I have. But if the country needed me tomorrow to jump on a boat, to jump on a plane, to jump on whatever and bang it in with the boys or the girls. And, and that's the thing, like, you don't know what it's like to be consciously, aggressively positive in everything that you do, but know at the same time that the chemical imbalance, the inflammation, everything that's going on the inside is fucked. <laughs> like, literally, I could say, hey, it is wrong right now. I've said this to Jen so many times. Yeah. It's effed up what's in me right now. Yeah, I don't wish it on my worst enemy, but yeah. trust me on the surface level, I'm good to go. Yeah, that's Because I don't want to be anywhere near that. So can we go over here, please? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's so incredible for me to look at this in the same, I'm exactly the same, mate, you know, from all of a sudden, you know, going to get blood tests and all of a sudden you've got chemical imbalance, testosterone levels all over the place. But there's actually physical, visceral reactions to the imbalances that occur in your emotional and mental state. But at the same time, like we're ready and we're rearing to go. And the whole thing is it can only actually take very small, tiny steps that you and I could write down and prescribe right here back to the system that can actually bop us out of this situation yeah. we're in. It's yeah. so easy to fix. We know how to fix it ourselves. This is half of the thing we're trying to do with this voice of a veteran is actually get guys who've been there in that place, guys who've gone through that transition process to feed that information back in and to, for us to be the ones to say it, not civvies to be the ones to say it because the guys and girls need to hear it from people who are relatable, if not potentially aspirational. And we're not there trying to sell anything. If you were told, hey, we would love for you to go back and potentially help someone not go through that path that you walked to get you to this day, you know, you'd Sign be there. That's Sign it. Up, buddy. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Voice of a Veteran podcast. We really hope that there were some key takeaways that might help you be they relatable, be they aspirational, but we're not just here for your entertainment. So please make sure you remember, move on and action from here. And that's it, guys. If you've heard something here today that has truly helped you, it's our duty to share that information with as many as we can. Support is about being proactive and that's taking action to better our own lives as well as the lives of as many mates as we can. We love your support getting these messages out, so please subscribe. Go to our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Voice of a Veteran. Catch you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening, and just a reminder, you can actually catch the full video for this particular podcast episode at the Voice of a Veteran YouTube account. Check it out if you're a visual learner like myself or just want to have a few good laughs watching us put this together. The link should be posted below.